Welcome to the Love Her Wild podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Carver, and I'm here to talk to you about all things spiritual, manifestation, happily ever after, and creating a life that you love, because I promise you can. Finding your soulmate does not mean that you have found the person you are meant to spend the rest of your life with. Finding a soulmate means that you have made it past the first step in figuring out whether or not they are the person you want to spend the rest of your life with. Let me explain. Now, this is just my opinion based on my personal experience and the experiences that I have witnessed from my parents. But... In my opinion, there are two types of connection in this world, regular connection and soulmate connection. At the most base definition, a soulmate is a soul that you have spent time with, learned a lesson with, or spent a life with in another lifetime. A soul that you recognize because they played a role in a past life. Regular connection is everything else. So when looking to find a partner, the one person you want to spend the rest of your days with, the first determining factor should be, are they a soulmate connection? There is so much more to ask after you get that first yes. Now, those of you that have come across soulmates in your life thus far understand what I mean. Once you encounter your first soulmate, there is no going back into the other lane. There is no settling for a regular connection for the long term because soulmate connection is so much more. But I think that the idea that we are looking for one person, that there is one soulmate for each person on this earth, and we are searching for that one chosen person, is such a short-sighted way of looking at it. Instead, looking at it like two different categories of connection, you open yourself up to so much more possibility. And truly, it makes so much more logical sense. The idea that there is one person for you, and that is it. And if you don't find them, you've failed. Well, that's pretty hard to live up to. Do I think that there are soulmates that are way more compatible with you than another? Absolutely. But soulmates are a category. You will encounter more than one in your lifetime. A soulmate connection might disappoint you. They might break your heart. They might come in the form of a lesson, a friend, a parent. The only thing that makes them different from everyone else is their category. The fact that you have encountered them before in lives past And that recognition goes deeper than something that you can explain from this universe. 
this world. I truly believe that my first love was a soulmate. He treated me wonderfully, but one day we started to grow apart. You see, we weren't meant to spend forever together. He was brought into my life to show me what soulmate connection feels like. To put a feeling to all of the stories I'd heard from my parents my entire life. When my mom would explain her first kiss with my dad as being able to physically feel their souls lock into place, I got to feel that for the first time at 19 years old. It wasn't until years and years later that I looked back at all of my experiences and realized that that was his purpose in my life. That soulmates are a category and not one person. That it's not everyone you've ever dated versus the one perfect man or woman. It's everyone you've ever dated, encountered, met, broken up into two categories. Take out a sheet of paper and put a line down the center. If you think you have encountered a soulmate in your life, someone that you felt before you saw, who seemed to take all of the air out of a room, who you felt a knowing that went deeper than anything that you could put into words, write those people on one side of the paper. They could be a best friend, someone you passed by and had a short conversation with once, a mom, an uncle, an aunt, a sibling, or one of your, or many of your relationships. And now, on the other side of the paper, every other person you have ever met or seen in your entire life goes there. One is a vast ocean, and the other, a teeny, tiny cup of water. The reason soulmates have been made out to be so elusive and hard to find is because they are rare. They're like gemstones amidst a thousand pebbles. But the thing is, there isn't just one. There are so many. And just because you found a gemstone doesn't mean you found the thing that you want to be in your wedding ring forever. Maybe you don't like sapphires. Maybe you don't like diamonds. They're all gemstones. Does that make sense? So now, I'm here to try and reprogram the way that we look at finding a lifelong partner. Reprogram the way that we see and understand the word soulmate. It shouldn't be girl meets boy, girl falls in love with boy, dates for a long time and decides this must be my soulmate. No. Girl meets boy. Are you a soulmate connection? If the answer is no, we move on. End of that story. Now, this is to say, I'm talking to people 
who want their forever person right now. I'm not talking to the girl or boy who is into casually dating right now, who is 18 years old and wants to go to college and get some life experience. That's not who I'm talking to right now. I'm talking to the person who has been there and done that. The person who can look back at their life and say, yes, I know the people that felt different to my core. I recognize what that feels like. And I'm looking for that in a lifelong partner. I am ready for my next long-term relationship to be the last long-term relationship I ever have. I'm ready for the next one to be the one. You feel me? Okay, moving on. So you meet a person. You spend a little time with them. And you ask yourself, are they a soulmate? If your answer is not immediately yes, the answer is no. If you don't think that you've experienced this before, trust me when I say you will know. And just because they are a soulmate does not mean they are your forever person. So don't put so much pressure on the word soulmate. You can have a soulmate that doesn't work out. You can have a soulmate that you date for five years and doesn't work out. Lessons come to us in the form of regular connection and soulmate connection. I really feel like soulmates have a bad rap. I get so many people coming to me and saying, I was with someone who I thought was a soulmate and we spent five years together and everything was great, but he cheated on me and we broke up. So I must have been wrong. I don't know what it feels like. You do know what it feels like. You had a soulmate connection with someone that wasn't your forever person. Chances are that person was there to teach you a lesson and you were there to teach them a lesson. They were something that you needed to grow through before you found your forever. So take the things that you know felt like soulmate connection and hold on tight. Remember every last bit of how that feels because that is what we are searching for as our first qualifier. So, you meet a person. You spend 5, 6, 10, 24 hours with this person over the course of a week, two, or three. And I ask of you, is this a soulmate connection? If you are not interrupting me to say yes, the answer is, is no and sadly we walk away thank them for the joy that they brought into our lives and move on now if the answer is yes get excited because you found a gem and whether or not this gem is the gem we get to hold on to for the rest of our lives you found a gem amongst a river of stones But that doesn't mean they are your person. Soulmate connection is step one. Okay, Brooke, so you've made it past step one. Congratulations. You found the gemstone. You waded through all of the rocks and you found the big shiny sapphire. Now what? Now what do we do? Now we qualify the lead. We start to ask questions. We keep our mind open. We look for red flags. We start to go down the list that we have written of what our ideal partner looks like. 
And we ask ourselves, does this connection look like my list? Are they trustworthy and kind? How do they communicate with me? How do they handle an objection? What happens when I'm sad or angry or glad? Do they respect my feelings? Do they make me feel seen and heard and valuable and loved? Am I confident with them? Do they make me feel lighter or heavier? Do I feel like I can tackle anything that comes my way or do I feel like they are a burden that I must carry? Am I more myself or less myself when I am around them? Are they my teammate? Am I afraid to ask them a question or come to them with a concern? If your answer is yes there, you've reached the end of this game. Please start over. Have I witnessed any abusive behaviors? Again, if the answer to that is yes, you have reached the end of this game. Please start over. We do not give abusive behavior a second chance. A lot of people say you have to train someone how to love you. And while there is a little truth to that, you shouldn't have to ask more than once. I told my husband that I am a words of affirmation person. He is not. He tells me every day that I am beautiful. And he does it differently every day. Sometimes in the morning, sometimes at night, sometimes by walking into the kitchen and grabbing my butt and saying, ooh, what is this? He finds ways to show me that I am loved the way that I receive love. He found out once that I love fresh flowers and he has brought me countless bouquets since. I ask for something kindly and he gives it to me just as I do for him in return. If he reacts to something in a way that makes me feel triggered or sad, I tell him, I don't have to repeat myself. Full stop. Abusive behaviors do not deserve a second chance. Everything else you can communicate through, absolutely. Is a soulmate connection equal to perfect person? No. Just because you have found a soulmate, just because you have found the person that is the perfect match to you, does not mean that they are a perfect human being in life. It means that they are perfectly suited to you. You will both have to grow through things together, hand in hand. So the next qualifying question is this. When you are faced with a struggle or a life lesson, do you face it together as a team? How does your partner 
handle you when your feelings are hurt? Is it with compassion and love and respect? If the answer is yes, you can move on. If the answer is no, game over. Respect is a non-negotiable. It is a fireable offense. You do not need to give more than one chance for respect. Communication, that takes practice. Not everybody communicates in a way that works with you. It shouldn't take a ton of practice, but it might take a little practice. And as long as both parties are willing to work through it in a respectful and kind way, there is no problem with working through a communication overlap. Two different communication styles that don't quite jive. That's fine. Our non-negotiables here are respect and trust. Can you trust your partner? If the answer is no, game over. I saw a video the other day. It said, you can choose your husband, but your kids can't choose their father. Now, that's a loaded statement because a lot of people don't want kids. A lot of people can't have kids. There are so many different things that go into the kid question. But if you are a person that hopes to have children in your future, please remember that. Someone who is a great partner doesn't necessarily make a great father. So, do you want or hope to have children in the future? If your answer is yes, my next question to you is, is this person going to be a great father? If the answer is yes, I have one more follow-up question. If something were to happen to you, would you be comfortable with this person raising your children alone? If your answer is no, game over. If your answer is yes, congratulations. Your gemstone is a little more rare than we thought. You see, so many people think, Oh, you found your soulmate. That's it. Done. No. I found my best soulmate. I found a soulmate that's batting a 10 out of 10 average. I dated a 7 out of 10. I also married a 10 out of 10 in the regular connection lane. But once you've jumped over into the other lane... You can't go back. You won't. And if you find yourself in the wrong category, it's not too late to hop back over. So back to the qualifiers. Can you leave your partner in a room full of colleagues, family, or friends alone and not worry? If the answer is yes, congratulations, we can continue.
If you are close to your family, if you respect them and they respect you, do they love this person? Do they think that this person compliments you? Do they think that they are a suitable partner forever, just the way that you hope that they are? I know that some people have hard relationships with their families. They don't see eye to eye. Maybe they don't trust in their opinions. That's fine. But if you do, remember that when you're asking an opinion of a partner. This is a step that I ignored for a long time. I love my family. I am so close with them all. And they have never been wrong when it comes to me and a partner. But I didn't listen until my 30s. My 30s. I was dating for like 17 years before I started listening to them and they were never wrong. So if a friend or family member that you trust and love comes to you and says, these are the things that make me worried. I am afraid for you for this reason. This is why I don't think that person is a good fit for you. And deep down, you know that any of those things are true. Game over. Soulmates are the number one qualifier. They are question number one. My partner had to be a soulmate to be my husband. But you can have so many soulmates that aren't worthy of forever partnership. Don't forget to qualify your partners. And don't wait to ask yourself the soulmate question until you're already in too deep. Get rid of as many river rocks as you possibly can. You can shine them up, you can cut them down, you can do a lot of things to make them look pretty, but they're never going to be a gemstone. So question one, are they a gemstone? Everything else, well, that's what makes the difference between forever or a lesson, a blip in the timeline. Something you look back on as a formative moment in your life. Soulmates don't make forever partners. Forever partners have to be a soulmate. It's important, it's rare. But it is not the only qualifying factor.
So if you are in the place where you are searching, manifesting, praying for, hoping to meet the man or woman of your dreams, remember, you have to ask a lot more questions. Feeling your chest explode upon meeting them. Feeling your souls lock together upon kissing them. Feeling like all the air in the room is gone. The hair on your arm stands up and you feel them before you ever see them. That is step one. So this week, if you are looking for a partner, if that is the stage in life that you are at, if you are ready for the forever partner, Take out that sheet of paper, open your journal, put the line down the center and write all of the the people you have met in your life that you feel like could have been a soulmate connection and write them down on the right hand side of the paper. And remember that the left hand side of the paper is every other person you have ever met in your whole life. Every person you have seen with your eyes. Every person that has ever been within 67 feet of you. Ever. It's a lot of people. So don't feel bad if every date you go on doesn't feel like a soulmate connection. It is rare. It is beautiful and you can find it. You will. You have already. And when you do, you are going to be ready to ask the right questions. To watch for the right behaviors. And to walk away if it's game over. Because you know that the right thing is just around the corner. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Love Her Wild podcast. If today resonated with you in any way, shoot me a comment and tell me how you feel. I'd love to help if I can. And if you think that this would resonate with any of your friends, share away because I'm trying to reach as many of you as I possibly can. Go make your life great. <laughs>